Hello, reader friends. My name is Dylan Courtney, and I'm your host for the book podcast. Today, I'm joined with such a great friend, Grace Whamming. Hey, guys. <laughs> this week, we read Big Swiss by Jen Began. Grace, how are you doing? How's your week been? It's been busy, I know. It's been really busy. It's been good, though. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So let me start with the Goodreads summary of the book. Greta lives with her friend Sabine in an ancient Dutch farmhouse in Hudson, New York. She spends her days transcribing therapy sessions for a sex coach who calls himself Ohm. She becomes infatuated with his newest client, a repressed married woman she affectionately refers to as Big Swiss. I'm going to stop there because I've been told my Goodreads reviews are a little too long <laughs> on the podcast. So Grace, I have a lot of thoughts um, about this book, but let's start off with the recurrent question. What do you look for in a novel? I don't know. I want something that's going to like really keep me reading. Like I feel like if I'm getting bored, then I'm going to stop. And it's just, I don't like that. I think this book really kept me reading. Um, I don't know. I look for character as well. I think that if a book doesn't have interesting characters, I'm also not going to want to keep reading. A good character-driven story. Yeah, yeah for sure. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think I would prefer character-driven over plot-driven, though. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's the answer to that question. Is Which that... is surprising, considering you just talked about sci-fi movies mm -hmm. and the way they make you think mm -hmm. and that kind of plot. Yes, I know you're a big, you're a big Marvel fan. I am, yeah. yeah. I mean, not recently. Let's not. Yeah, let's not. Don't <laughs> characterize me as a... <laughs> It's a Marvel fan. Loser. <laughs> okay, yeah. so. No, yeah, I think I'm really interested in books that explore, like, people um, rather than, like, things are happening all the time. So, like, that's why I'm interested in the book, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, overall thoughts on the book. We really have refrained from talking about it with mm -hmm. one another. I could never live with bees, by the way. No. I just want to, like, I don't know how she does it. Also, what? why are there so many, like, pests in this book? There's the vultures, there's the maggots. There's the, there's the bees. There's, there's the donkeys. There's the mosquitoes. Yeah. <laughs> there's got to be something there. Well, what Om says at the end of, like, these are her, like, traumas from mm, the past that yeah. she's keeping around. Mm -hmm. But anyway, that would be my worst nightmare. I also like how the reader is giving like is given a warning about the sexual assault mm. transcription between Ohm and Big Swiss before they get into it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you noticed that, but Ohm is like, by the way, like the next transcription you're gonna listen to is gonna be very, very intense. Mm -hmm. And I think it was also like the author telling the reader yeah. that like, by the way, the next chapter, I would skip over it mm. if you're, you know. I never really thought about it that way, but that is really cool. Isn't yeah. that nice? Yeah, yeah. I like that. So I don't want to come off as ignorant. However, is it fair for me to pose the question? Is it realistic that this many people see see a sex therapist? I don't know. I feel like the whole thing was pretty bizarre. Just like the description. I feel like the, this city is a real place, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. The author is from Hudson. Okay. okay. Yeah. So I don't know. It just feels like it's a very exaggerated like retelling of this real place. So I was kind of more inclined to believe that it was real just because everyone was so like bizarre and like every other. there was not one normal no. human being in this book. No, Ohm, which I kind of liked. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ohm got. We can get into him because he he was is my favorite character. Okay. And at first I thought they were kind of making a mockery of him being a sex therapist, and then around like the two fifty mark. Mm -hmm. They made him, like, say some really enlightening stuff and give yeah. insanely, like, canny advice. 
um, those last pages as he's like attempting to remedy Greta's messed up inner child, he just says banger after banger. Yeah. Do you, yeah. Mm -hmm. What'd you think about that? I like that. And I think it was also like, like the entire time, the only experience that Greta was having with other people was like through transcripts. Mm -hmm. So her like idea of what people were like was from like a very distance like point of view. And I thought it was interesting that like, almost like pretty ridiculous and like horrible um, the entire book, but then when she was talking to him face to face, and like it was her therapy session, like mm -hmm. I love how they mentioned Reiki in the yeah. book because mm -hmm. my mom is a Reiki master, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "Mom, you have to read this book." <laughs> yeah. So, what do you have any favorite clients or favorite characters that the minor ones? Because mm -hmm. there's so many minor characters just brought up, especially in like the beginning half of the book. Yeah. That a nitpick is like we forget we forget about those. Mm -hmm. They kind of just vanish, but. Any favorites? Yeah, I kind of have forgotten a little bit about the minor ones. I kind of really enjoyed um, Luke, Big Swiss's husband. I thought he was really silly. Like, really? I didn't yeah. like him. You didn't like him? No. No. I mean, I didn't particularly like him. I just thought yeah, the yeah, descriptions yeah. of him were yeah. funny. And like the way that she writes characters, even when they're super minor, is so much fun because you're like getting so many weird random details about them. There was two characters called R.A.P. and N.E.M. Nicole mm. and Ryan. Ryan was the Jason oh. Bateman lookalike. Yes. Yes. And Nicole's badge supposedly smelled like an aquarium <laughs> supply store in Chinatown. <laughs> And I remember that too because she was offended not because he told her that it smelled like an aquarium supply store. It was because in Chinatown. In Chinatown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was just really funny. Um, and I also liked the guy with the accent. What was his name? The, the oh, first boy. Stacy. Yeah, Stacey. the fiance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I loved him. I love that whole scene with him and the, like his friend. I just thought that was brilliant writing technique. Oh, for sure. That yeah. I haven't read before. So what would you do in Greta's position? Hmm. Um, if you were to be in this position. Oh, dude, I probably would have done the exact same thing. Like, it's so interesting that she's a transcriber for these, like, super intimate, like, therapy sessions, but she also knows who these people are in, like, life. Like, she lives in the same place. Mm -hmm. I think that's very unique, and I would be so nosy. Yeah. And I would, like, want to know, and, like... I would never speak. I would just always listen to people. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't know if I'd do that whole thing with... I don't know if I would like stalk this woman and like try to get into a relationship with her and like do all that. You know what? Because the word stalking is thrown around a lot with mm -hmm. this book. Do you think she stalks this woman? I don't know. I was a little on the fence. I feel like they met casually yeah. and then they went out for... I think that in like, like I don't know. I think that it, it's kind of is in a, in a way just because it's not like they're meeting on the street and they've never met each other. Like she knows so much more about her than she's divulging and like she's kind of lying about her identity. It's so just the way, act it's of just it. it's very like dishonest. Yeah. I don't think maybe stalking's not the right word, but. Yeah. Because yeah. like even in the Goodreads summary, it's like she stalks this woman. I'm like, I don't, I don't agree that she yeah. stalks her. I just agree that she's has messed up tendencies yeah. and abuses the power of mm -hmm. being this like transcriber yeah i would agree with that um any nitpicks because this book started out for me as like i was going to i was like this is one of a new <laughs> favorite i was obsessed with it and then it went a little bit downhill mm -hmm. just because i don't even know i i don't even know if it was necessarily the pacing yeah. or 
just the characters making these decisions or these conversations. I don't know. What did you think? Yeah, I definitely think in the middle it kind of lulled a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like, um, when they first started, like, having the affair, I think that kind of just dragged a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. I wasn't as interested in, like, all of those, like, um, details. I don't know. I don't think that... The yearning is so much more fun to read. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, I definitely do feel like it, the plot dragged a little bit. I was still interested to read, and it didn't make it like a bad book for me. But mm-hmm. that little middle part wasn't as interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was really interested in like all of the language that kind of like reiterated that she was two separate people and like two separate identities, and they like weren't being reconciled. Um, there was a couple of hilarious ones. Eating weed makes me cry uncontrollably. Oh yeah, that one I highlighted. Um, oh, this was one of my favorite ones, Big Swiss. I don't know who she's talking to here. I think it's Greta, but she says, I'm direct because I don't care if people like me. I just trust people pleasers. They seem phony to me mm. and dangerous. Yeah. And I think I've also, like, I resonated with that a little bit. There's some thought of you when I read that line. Really? <laughs> yeah. Because I say that because a lot. Because you talk about that a lot. How, like, you're, you don't trust people who are like always praising you because it's like obviously you don't think that about me like yeah yeah honesty yeah yeah there was you know I know you have a partner and I've you know been in a relationship and Mm -hmm. this was super relatable but when Big Swiss and Greta kind of separated from one another Mm -hmm. after their affair uh, the author says Big Swiss looked toward the window and frowned she was crashing it appeared and the come down was rough Greta felt it too, a doomed sadness. Mm. And it's like after you're leaving someone, like after a night or just after a date, like there's a very like intense sadness that comes with it. And I don't know what that stems from necessarily, but I find it such a universal feeling with relationships. I don't know if you... Yeah, especially when the relationship is newer. Because it's like when you're with that person and you're with them for the first time, it's like so exciting. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, like they leave or like things are ending and it's like... It is like you've been on a high, like you've been high and you're like crashing. It's like exactly. Yeah. It is It is the come down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, find- oh, yeah. So this I didn't really connect to the end until I read the end because the end was more about like reconciling Greta's inner, inner child. child with yeah. herself. But um, she's talking about, oh, this is right after the distrust people pleasers quote, actually. Um, Greta's talking about Big Swiss, but she says, another fear of mine is seeing old photographs of the person I'm dating. Not baby pictures, I don't mind those, but anything after age five because a person's essence becomes visible and I always have trouble reconciling with who they are now. Oh, which is just like so good. It's, it's so good. This part of the book where we're reading from, this and before, Yeah, it, it was excellent. Mm-hmm. It was really excellent. Yeah, chapter eight is just like, there's so much good stuff in chapter eight. Yeah. I thought the scene with Pinion, Pinion? 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 <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Um, with the dog yes, <laughs> being, yes, yes. being shot oh yeah was a little out of place mm. a little out of left field I don't know if you agreed with it do you or... have a page number for that so I can like look at it again let me see I know it's kind of near the end yeah and then I I really liked her sobbing uncontrollably mm. because it was everything was kind of just going down it's like uh, on the 258 yeah. 259 mark yeah, she sobs, and then she says, shame was something you passed like kidney stones, and it was leaving her body at last. Mm. 
and I think that really described that scene. However, I don't know if the dog needed to be shot. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting because the dog, she got the dog when she was in the relationship with Stacy, right? Oh, yes. So maybe in some way that's still connected to that whole thing. Yeah, it was probably symbolic in a way, but like we never have a clear answer of was, did Keith shoot the dog? Yeah. Like, was it a hunter? (laughs) I, I don't know. It was. I thought the present, like the presence of Keith throughout the book was interesting too. Just because, like, it was, I don't know, it was just interesting that this was something she was dealing with in therapy, and then immediately he was being re-released from prison. And, yeah. Like, he was just there, yeah. and around, like. And speaking of Keith, for some sick reason, there was a moment where I thought Greta was going to be Keith's sister at the end. It was going to be this oh God. huge <laughs> twist. No. I know, and I was so wrong, but I don't know why I thought that, or if I'm alone in that delusion. Yeah, I don't know. I just think that the whole concept is so inventive. Like, this main character that lives in this town that's populated by, like, all of these bizarre people, and she knows all of them, like, really deeply because she's reading their transcriptions from therapy. But she's, like, walking around in real life and seeing them in real life. And, like, she actually doesn't really know them. And I feel like if I was in that position... I would feel like God in a way. Like I would feel like such a higher power because you are hearing the most intimate, like personal conversations Mm -hmm. and then seeing these people just live like they're not going through it. And it very much mirrors real life, but having that power over people, like it genuinely is a superpower, Mm -hmm. like is I I wouldn't I would never want that also I wouldn't want her job yeah 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 no there's a quote actually um she's talking about this this woman that she's observing in public and like all these things she thinks she knows about her um now here she was standing less than two feet away eyeballing Greta without really seeing her Greta felt invisible but not insignificant in fact she felt omnipotent I know your greatest fears and desires, she imagined whispering to the woman, along with many of your fuck-ups and vain regrets, and what do you know about me? Nothing. It's like... It's a power. She does feel like God. Yeah. Which is so interesting. Yeah. I think this this book is just an abuse of power with weird characters. I mean, it's such a weird book. It reminded me... I know, I loved it. I loved it, too. I needed to read something like this. I just read Sir Gawain and the Green Knight, like, for one of my classes. (laughs) I needed this. Um, and it reminded me a lot of Mona Awad's Bunny. Okay, I haven't read that one. Which is, but. which is more like paranormal, not paranormal, but it's more fantasy, mm-hmm. obviously based because the men are being turned into bunnies. But just like the weirdness of it and the mockery of certain things, mm-hmm. just truly related. So, what would you yeah. rate this book? And like- would you recommend it? Who would you recommend mm-hmm. it to? Um, I don't know. Are we doing like five star rating system? I do out of ten. Out of ten, okay. Yeah, out of ten. I feel like I would give it like I wouldn't give it a ten. This doesn't go. It's this isn't up there with like books that I've given tens. What are some of those books? Um, A Visit from the Goon Squad is a ten. It's by Jennifer Egan, not Jen Began. <laughs> Jen Egan. <laughs> Um, that one's a 10 for sure. I don't know. Any other ones off the top of my head? Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief. Yeah, oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> this is, by the way, um, the second time someone's mentioned Percy Jackson really? on this podcast. Who was the other Cormac, person? Cormac, right before you, talked about Percy Gosh. Jackson. You should, have you read it? 
You should read it. I know. For your podcast. I was thinking of doing like a whole Percy Jackson (gasps) book one, book two, book three, book four. Yeah, yeah. And I I know everyone, a lot of people would love that. They're so good. Everyone who listens. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I feel like I'd give this book like a solid eight. That's high. Maybe seven, like a seven or eight, seven or eight range out of ten. To be honest, it started out as a solid ten for me. I agree. And then I was like seven. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's between seven and eight range. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'd recommend this book to everyone just because it is so weird. Yeah. Um, this book is like I feel like the average English major would really enjoy this book. Every single person in our nonfiction yeah. class. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. Just because of how like, just it is like so bizarre and so interesting to read like as a writer because the way that she writes characters is so crazy and great and very inspiring. Yeah. Like if I was writing a book, I would. I would want so many scenes to impact me the way that mm-hmm. hers did. Yeah. Um, especially the ones between Ohm. I think the Ohm scenes were just my favorite. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you said Ohm was your favorite character. Yeah, I just loved him. Okay. Be- well, at first, I was I loved him in a, in a, oh, this character's hilarious way. And then I loved him in like, oh, wait, like, why is he actually kind of doing something here? Yeah. You know? <laughs> that last therapy session, I highlighted so many lines. Yes, me too. And my favorite one was when he's talking about, you mentioned this prior, but he's talking to her about Rebecca. Well, I just think it's so good that it comes back to that because she creates Rebecca as like this different version of herself so she can be with Big Swiss. And it ends up all falling apart and like blowing up in her face kind of. And then Alm is telling her to kind of do the same thing, to like give her child a name and she gives it the child's name. Rebecca. So it just like all comes full circle. The ending was really, really strong. Yeah. And you know, fun fact, at the end, uh, we're reading the paperback Barnes and Noble exclusive yeah. edition. <laughs> um, the author herself writes a scene at the end of the book with Ohm. Okay. Like Jen and Ohm. Oh, yeah, I did. I did see And that. I loved that, and it made me kind of want, because. I'm insufferable to write an exer- <laughs> like a writing exercise with me and Ohm. Yeah. Right? Wouldn't yeah. that be fun? That is fun. I'm wondering how to, I was wondering this the whole time, like how she came up with the idea for this book. And she talks about it in yeah. the thing. I mean, she was a transcriber, mm, but okay. her mother didn't kill herself. What do you think the bees represent? I don't necessarily know what the bees represent, but I had thoughts about, like, the fact that the hive was, like, full of honey, and, like, it had been inaccessible. Oh, I, oh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah. And then they, she accesses it at the end, yeah. and it drips down. Yeah. And they're, like, eating it. Yeah. They're consuming it. Like, it, he says, um, he says, let's see. He says, there's no queen, so this isn't a swarm. They're robbing the hive, Sabine snorted, of what, gold? And then he says, honey. And then he goes, well, the bottom part's pretty dry. You soaked that part with raid, I guess. Otherwise, you've got about 80 pounds of unharvested honey in here. So it's like, I don't know, something about like the, the chemicals, like them trying to kill the bees. And they killed the bees, but the bees came back. And the honey is like still left. Something about that. It's like, I don't know. Yeah, no, definitely. I didn't even really think about that. Okay, thank you everyone for listening. Grace, thank you so much for 
waking up early and filming so early. <laughs> so early. It's 11. It's I'm going to go back 12. to bed when I get home. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for being on the pod. Now I start Almond by Juan Pionsan with Christian mm. this Sunday, our mutual friend. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to read along, you can tune in um, this Sunday. So that doesn't really give you a lot of time to read along. <laughs> However, it is a very short book. So. Okay. Yeah, bye everyone. Bye guys. Our aspiration.